and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendreyer, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today's guest on the program is Stefan Bursch, the CEO of SSI Schaefer. SSI Schaefer is a big global player in the area of modular warehousing and logistics solutions. It was founded in Germany in 1937 and today operates across six continents with more than 10,500 employees. Steffen was also recently elected as the new chairman of the VDMA Materials Handling Interlogistics Association, which has more than 240 member companies. He succeeds Gordon Risky, the former CEO of Keon Group, who has also been a guest on the Logistics Tribe podcast before. Today's episode is hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Before we get started, a quick thanks to our supporters, Gray Orange. Gray Orange automates warehouse operations through a combination of AI software and autonomous mobile robots. Gray Orange systems are in place at some very prominent companies such as IKEA or the Danish household goods and furniture retailer Yisk. If you're looking to get your warehouse and fulfillment operations to the next level with the help of autonomous robots and automation, you should definitely have Gray Orange on your list. Check them out at grayorange.com. All right, and now we're on to the show with Stefan Bursch, the CEO of SSI Schäfer. Enjoy. Hi, Stefan. Uh, welcome to the Logistics Drive. Hi, Marco. I'm really delighted to, to have you here on the show because you are actually the CEO of SSI Schäfer and also the chairman of the VDMA for one special group, that's the Materials Handling and Intralogistics Group. And for our listeners abroad, uh, VDMA is the German Engineering Federation. Or did I miss anything uh, of your duties, Stefan? I, I believe that the translation of VDMA into English is always a bit difficult. I yeah. always call it the Mechanical Engineering uh, Association, basically, uh, in Germany. But that's right, yes, SSI Schäfer as well as the VDMA. And we are here actually um, on the side of the IFOI Award. And we also have to explain that a little bit. That's the International Intralogistics and forklift of the year award and uh, we are having also here on on the side of this award we are having a an so-called AGV mashup. Um, let's go a little bit into into that a little bit. What is it about, Stefan? And there was um, basically the idea of the uh, German automotive industry years ago, uh, which you yeah. of course know, <laughs> uh, coming with the idea to uh, to basically have the the platform and the interface where AGVs are working uh, basically in manufacturing sites a little bit more aligned and on one platform. And I think the VDA at that time, German automotive uh, industry, asked the VDMA, uh, mm -hmm. can, you, can you develop a joint interface? Uh, and that was then the so-called VDA 50-50 and um, several AGV producers uh, or companies from the industry uh, joined forces there under the guidance of VDMA and uh, developed a joint uh, interface mm -hmm. um, so that uh, we are basically independent now from, from, from the manufacturers of the, of the units so that all the different units uh, basically listen to one protocol and can help the automotive industry uh, in their tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that because at that time, it was pro probably five or six years ago, I was uh, still with BMW at that time. And we were uh, 
building or ramping up our uh, AMR fleet in, in the plants. And uh, we were thinking ahead and thinking about what will the future look like with really big fleets of AMRs and AGVs uh, and working together. And uh, that's where uh, the, the VDA 50-50 standard started. So uh, I'm very always very happy if I see that really coming to life. And uh, I think last year was the first uh, step for the mashup, so the first tryout of this uh, standard. This year it's going into the second round or the second iteration already. Uh, could you describe what, what are the the news now on the standard or how did it evolve now? So it's, it's uh, I don't know, quite a dozens of companies uh, that, that are now uh, joined forces and, and work on that uh, interface. Um, uh, what I understand is from the guys that they are now in the uh, third version of the of the software. Um, I think what what has been enabled by the by the initiative of the VDA was basically that uh, an industry, a whole industry, was uh, asked to join forces and to collaborate and to work together. Uh, on a joint task and that is of course a great achievement because normally you would always say um, companies develop on their own do their own protocols uh, but then can't reach scale mm -hmm. and at the moment where an industry or an association of, of, of participants in the industry join forces work on the same pl platform it's a chance for everyone basically to to then also scale and mm -hmm. uh, to go with their individual applications on their um, um, AGV developments then basically into into a, into a target industry and don't need to discuss details anymore. They can all join that that one protocol, and that is of course uh, a great achievement that has been developed further. We can see here in Dortmund at the AGV mashup, basically different applications. They all run in one test field mm -hmm. together, and that's of course very interesting to see. Yeah, it's like a a, a big robot ballet uh, <laughs> on the shop floor. Uh, taking place and um, so that means basically you can buy as a um, customer you can buy any robot and just plug it in via the standard and let it run in in your fleet is that right yeah that would be the aim of course of course mm -hmm. when when whenever we talk engineering whenever we talk about uh, different applications there's a little bit more to it but major parts of the of the development um, are clarified are in one protocol and then uh, you basically plug and play Mm -hmm. uh, can you feel that already, the scaling? Um, I think with, with Schaefer, you are bundling the, the AGV and AMR fleets uh, within DS Automotion. Can you see that already, the scaling now, with to more customers, to more uh, smaller companies also buying AMRs nowadays? Yes, we, we, we definitely see that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's giving us, um, in cooperation with DS Automotion, the access to certain customers that we probably in the past would have not been able to approach, uh, particularly in the automotive industry, which is, uh, I would always call it, it's a little bit of a closed shop always because it's it's very standardized, of course, because they they um, need to scale on, on certain technologies. So yes, we see that um, uh, for, for DS Automotion, for example, that they uh, have had benefits out of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, just for our listeners, uh, last year we were talking uh, with uh, Wolfgang Hillinger, uh, he is the CEO of DS Automotion, so whoever wants to listen to that interview uh, can just jump back on that one and, and see 
what the uh, mashup uh, was last year about. Uh, where do you see the next steps, um, Stefan, in the, in the development of this standard uh, and AMRs and AGVs in general? I mean, um, I believe at the end, uh, the whole task for for the entire material flow industry or for the interlogistic industry is to come to more end-to-end -end integration, if I may call it like that. That means how do we get the different information available in the process on one platform so that then in the usage, in this example of AGVs or AMRs, uh, information are available to improve the productivity of the process of the customer. Mm -hmm. So I think that always has to be the target for, for, for all of us in this industry. Mm -hmm. And um, we will proceed um, um, in, in SSI Schaefer as well as I believe also with, and that's a statement for, for all the uh, VDMA companies, uh, proceed in this task basically to bring us all on a joint platform. Uh, in order to allow all of us a better scalability in our applications. Mm -hmm. Great times ahead, but it also sounds challenging. Um, how can the intralogistics industry master these challenges in the future? That's a very difficult question because you have so many, um, I think you have so many legacy systems uh, out there, so it's so heterogeneous. At the end, I believe that the task has to be that we define joint protocols, a joint understanding how things uh, can be uh, integrated into a process. And at the end, I think that there will be market forces that will all of us uh, force in a certain direction to find our positions here. Uh, do you see in the future uh, a so-called, or, or some call it lights-off factory or lights-off logistics, or how do you see that? I don't know what you mean with lights-off, uh, so it's dark. So <laughs> dar dark and no more people at all in the, in the logistics I, process? Uh, I don't. I mean, of course, at, at the end, I don't want to call it, it has to be the aim, but at the end, in the, under the pressure of under the pressure that, that all uh, companies are under to increase productivity, um, would be a future scenario. If that mm -hmm. is technically possible, it's very difficult to say uh, because you have so many, uh, still so many manual processes uh, in, in, in warehouses in the industry that I believe it will be tricky uh, to come to that point, particularly under the viewpoint that uh, the customer, so our customer demands are continuously changing because their customer demands mm -hmm. are continuously changing. You When you and you look into uh, how your how our all uh, consuming behavior is changing in the past we all probably bought standard sneakers uh, nowadays we want to have individually branded labeled sneakers for example right. which is a different process the one is you just pick a pack and the other one is you you have a kind of an a value add step in manufacturing which uh, in this particular case needs then a certain level either of automation or manual work so i believe that the continuous change of consumer behavior prevents a little bit a lights off factory mm -hmm. yeah it's much more about customization right yeah. and flexibility so it's it's a part of like like a modularization of manufacturing process or supply chain processes in order to ensure that um, at least larger parts of manual interaction can be reduced. Mm -hmm. I think that would be that would be at the end the aim. Yeah. So and probably that's not possible with a real lights off fabric. Uh, or, or I, I uh, don't I don't see that uh, because I would assume really that it's that it's too complex to uh, mm -hmm. because of the changing demands uh, to to come to those kinds of. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, uh, to totally agree total dark that, factories. Yeah. 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 And where do you see the most promising innovations for logistics in the future? You are also here at the IFOI. You are also nominated uh, with SSI Schaefer for a flat pack picking. I think it's for the furniture industry. First of all, we can go. Uh, maybe we can go into uh, into that a little bit, and then where you see the next innovations in logistics. Oh, that's a very big question because um, the this industry is, of course, a very um, heterogeneous and and very diverse industry mm -hmm. uh, with so many different applications. So difficult to say. But from a let's say to answer that question a bit more uh, generically. I believe um, it's on one hand uh, on the uh, automation field, we see a lot of uh, case picking applications, we see a lot of piece picking applications uh, where more and more, what we discussed in the previous question, the manual process is replaced in a warehouse going into an automated process. We see that the way how we can handle data today, the way how we can handle images help us in going more into in, into better automized applications on the case and piece picking side. That is, for example, one element. Of course, um, we are looking into AGV, AMR, or German would be FTS mm -hmm. uh, uh, things. That means how can we potentially replace traditional material flow processes in warehouse? So that is also a very important question. But again, above everything is uh, for us, of course, the question, um, how do we deal with software? We are coming with our own software suite, our own warehouse management system, uh, VAMAS. Um, and here we try to embed basically, and now the forklift is coming yeah. again, uh, so it's getting noisy. Here we try to embed um, uh, in the software the different new needs of, of, of customers, the customer demands. Uh, to ensure that the software is continuously helping our customers to improve productivity in mm -hmm. their in their operations. So on the software side, um, uh, there is a lot ongoing. And then we talk, of course, the mega trends that that we are all part of. Uh, we see urbanization; people, a growing population, is going into more urban sites. Um, we all want to have our stuff uh, as fast as possible. We, when we order something, uh, we want to have it in. Uh, Two hours or so, or three mm -hmm. hours. That means it's a different logistics. It's a different. <laughs> it's a different logistic supply chain than the traditional one where we say within 24 or 48 hours something has to be shipped. So that's going then in the direction of nano fulfillment, mm -hmm. micro fulfillment, uh, or, or dark stores, uh, mm -hmm. as we said it before. Um, so there, there are a lot of topics um, from our end. Uh, let's say from a Schaefer perspective, we we try to. And I believe that the rest of the industry is doing it as well. Uh, we try to continuously scan the trends in the market, the technology trends, mm -hmm. the 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 mega trends basically, and the implications to to that, and try to find our answers and and technical solutions to those things. Mm -hmm. Oh, very interesting. Um, let's go back to the software part. How do you manage uh, this this transition to? towards more and more becoming a software company because i know it from from the automotive industry it was uh, uh, years ago a, a big shift uh, in, in, and it's it is still there so how do you manage that and how do you see that i mean schaefer ssi schaefer acquired uh, a decade ago a bit more than a decade ago an integration company that had its main focus on software um, that's basically the the core product the vamas product at that point in time 
Um, and that is uh, was at that time a standalone unit, mm -hmm. and uh, we try to integrate that more and more into our traditional hardware and automation business, um, and bring those guys together. Um, um, in and and of course, what we do see is that the importance of that element of the business is continuously increasing, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that means for us, of course, that we are that we are trying to support those guys. Um, in, in giving them the environment that they require to to develop a good software suite for the application that we require. Mm -hmm. On top of that, um, also what what is important here is maybe on the keyword uh, uh, M and A. Uh, we mm -hmm. we also did acquire um, a company that is doing the SAP EWM integration mm -hmm. uh, because we see, of course, a lot of customers. That don't that are not using our own uh, Vamas product, but are on on an SAP platform. And of course, those customers we also don't want to exclude. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That means uh, we acquired here in this field in order to ensure that we also covering this field uh, uh, properly, uh, so that uh, we can help as much customers as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I wanted to ask about that. Also, the big acquisitions that are going on in the industry um, nowadays. Yeah? Um, everyone is acquiring one AMR player on the field, um, but you obviously already have a DS Automotion, uh, which is uh, quite an advantage in there. Do you see more and more acquisitions going on in different types of vehicles or in different types of AMRs or even other types of robots that you see coming? Yeah, it's, a, it's always a question. Is it is it about the AMR itself or is it more about the fleet controller and the mm -hmm. software capabilities? Yeah, I would see it more on that end. In general, um, I believe that the intralogistics industry is still a very diverse industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that we have that, that the top 10 players in the industry are covering uh, maybe 60, 65% of the market. So it's a long tail end of, of, of companies that is in there. And normally that would always cry for a certain kind of consolidation in the market. But the market is very heterogeneous. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would predict, same as in other industries, that there is more and more concentration uh, happening in the market. And you will see consequently acquisitions mm -hmm. uh, If that always will be so-called landmark deals, that means that big companies are, are, are joining forces, as we recently saw that with uh, one of the companies based in Hamburg and uh, uh, one mm -hmm. in Erlangen. Yeah. Uh, um, that is uh, probably the exception, but we will see more and more M&A deals. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. uh, see that, foresee that in, in the future also. Um, A very interesting topic that you mentioned just is all the city logistics. And uh, that's obviously very interesting also uh, for me and my company, Noise Technologies. Um, and there are uh, a lot of players coming, providing groceries within minutes, basically 15 minutes or so. Uh, in Germany, there is a Flink, there is uh, um, uh, Gorillas going on and so on. There are a lot of players in that field. How do you see this? evolving in the future um, regarding automation? What's your opinion on that? Mm, yeah. First of all, I think that um, our consumer behavior is changing, same as I said it before. Uh, so we are typically not going uh, so much anymore into supermarkets. We want to get the stuff that we require, our food and grocery stuff, uh, basically delivered uh, to the door. Um, At the moment where those businesses are scaling up, um, we 
consequently, we'll see that the um, beginning of the process, when they all worked very manual, will transform more and more into automated processes. Mm -hmm. I believe that that is uh, that that is a natural consequence. So as more as those businesses are scaling, as more automation will be required. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe there's no other no other no choice, other choice because uh, we are all. Uh, running under the same preconditions, uh, labor and, and workforce is uh, only available to a limited extent. Uh, scaling up uh, with even adding more personnel is difficult and is also expensive. So the only solution to it is automation. Yeah, and it's probably <laughs> as simple as that, right? So because there, at least in the, in the high wage countries, there, there is no alternative to that. So. Yeah, and it's also, I believe that probably also for a lot of uh, uh, companies, and I'm not saying customer companies, I say generally companies, it, the, 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 the relations are not that visible, uh, that there is a lot of uh, workforce involved, that there's a lot of cost involved when you operate manually. When you look into, into operations, I believe every company is under this severe pressure to increase productivity. I mean, you're yeah. coming from the automotive industry, you know those pressures yeah. that have been there of, of like 10, 12% productivity increase in a certain time period. I believe that uh, traditional industries uh, like the mechanical engineering industry or, or retail and so on have probably not been under that severe pressure like the automotive industry, but they all come under this pressure. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the, the only solution to that is uh, uh, basically automize the process. Yeah. There, there is no other solution. But I see that actually as a, a big opportunity for Germany uh, overall um, with robotics, with logistics, with, with this uh, heritage of, of logistics. Um, I see, see this as a possibility for the future. Absolutely. I believe uh, that, I mean, it's a country full of techies. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of engineers uh, uh, in the country and a lot of people that want to continuously, are, are striving continuously to find new solutions in an automized way. Uh, using robotics, uh, using software, uh, combining things together. So I believe it's a big chance for, for particularly for the German industry, uh, because uh, that's their traditional business. Mm -hmm. They were coming from mechanical engineering in the past, and that will go more into a, a automation and, and a software related business. Yeah, and all the universities also are around here in Germany. So with the with the right uh, um, faculties and everything. So that's. I mean, that's it's a, a it's a it's it's a it's a topic thing. for society. Also, uh, we, we as um, in, in in Europe, uh, particularly in Germany, of course, need, Germany need to ensure that the um, what we would call in German the mint uh, uh, mm -hmm. or stem would be the American uh, word mm -hmm. to it. So the natural science, physics, mathematics, that those kind of uh, uh, educational ways are supported more and more. And that, of course, also the younger generations or the kids going to school today find it attractive to go in these research fields, go into natural science, so that we also have, uh, let's say, also in the future, the possibility to, uh, to develop uh, uh, interesting technological solutions. And therefore, I think it's a it's a good point that we also have a standard, at least in the AMR and AGV field, with the VDA 5050 coming out of Germany, um, to to standardize at least this field. Are there any other fields in logistics where you see standardization on the horizon, or or actually that you are already tackling with the VDMA? I mean, uh, here the initiative was also not coming from the in, from the interlogistics mm -hmm. industry. It was coming from the automotive 
automotive mm. industry as as that industry is probably more used to it. I believe it's not really in the nature of uh, the industry, of the traditional mechanical industry to, to jump into standards because there's still the question of do I lose then my protection of my technological IP, advantage yeah. Uh, yeah. or my, my USP or yeah. however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't believe that, um, that there is a large drive towards standardization Uh, and I also believe that it's also difficult to find that large drive for standardization because the frame conditions in the market are changing mm. so dramatically or changing the, the demand, the individualization, the, the customer demands, as I said it before, are, are changing so strong that this is preventing a little bit the standard because standard always... Uh, implies that you lose a little bit of flexibility right. and agility. And it's not necessary yeah. to standard everything, right? However, so it's however, having in mind the resource limitations, um, time, money, personnel, I believe the only solution is to that that things have to be developed jointly on certain platforms mm -hmm. in order to overcome uh, certain limitations in productivity mm -hmm. in, 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 in customers' uh, sites. Yeah. Um, Stefan, I cannot let you go in this podcast to ask you about your, your general opinion about um, how do you see the future of logistics in 10 years? So looking a little bit further even, do you see drones coming? Do you see AR glasses coming or what's your, your vision on that? I mean, whatever you see there in, in nice technology, we will probably have that. We, I was walking today here, the, the exhibition, and, and said it, it's so amazing to see on, on, on how much different technology approaches you can see, how much drive is there uh, to, to, to make customers' operations more productive. So, of course, I do all see that. However, I also say when we talk about um, larger quantities or larger operations, it has to be reliable technology. Mm -hmm. So it's not about a spot-on idea somewhere, which is nice to have, but it needs to work in a certain scale. We, we need to ensure when we are sending out, I don't know, 50,000 packs per hour, mm -hmm. that's a reliable thing yeah. that works because if it's not working for 10 minutes, then we have an issue, mm -hmm. right? And so far, um, I believe that uh, we all, the entire industry needs to motivate, also startups need to interact with mm -hmm. Uh, research organizations uh, like like Fraunhofer here, uh, in particularly here in Dortmund, um, ensure that um, uh, the youngsters in the industry develop continuously new ideas, and then cooperate with the with the companies in the industry to ensure that this is a scalable technology, a reliable technology at the end that can be used. And that uh, I think is the aim and the target for all of us. Okay, great. Um, maybe that's a good last question, Stefan. Um, how do you interact with startups at Trefa? Um, yeah, there, there probably was uh, there was not too much uh, interaction in the past. Uh, probably that's also not the hundred percent right statement, but it it could be more. Um, I think when you when you want to interact with research organizations uh, like 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 Fraunhofer, or if you want to interact with certain startup clusters, you need to have also the infrastructure in your own organization to handle that. Because mm -hmm. 
then you need to go a little bit away from your traditional mm. uh, development process. Everything is, I don't know, uh, documented in an ERP system and, and, and so on. You need to find ways to act also in your own organization a bit more agile. Mm -hmm. We try to do that. We, uh, of course, go our traditional way of development to have reliable technologies, but we also try to, let me call it, uh, look into the market, have units in our own operation that scan the market, see what's going on, and then uh, find ways to cooperate and to interact. I believe in the last two years, we have initiated a lot of those uh, partnerships um, and uh, it's it's of course an initial investment to mm -hmm. see if then later an interesting technology or an interesting idea or application is coming out of it okay well uh, thank you very much Stefan um, was really good talking to you thank you very much for those insights uh, also on behalf of our um, our listeners thank yeah you. it was big fun thanks Marco okay thank you Right, that was the Logistics Try podcast episode with Stefan Bursch, the CEO of SSI Schaefer. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. I'm Boris Felgendreher. Until next time. <laughs>